the stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame the struggles and challenges to get where they are today. This is Believe in the Entrepreneur with Joel Sandoval, CPA. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur. And I'm super excited because I have my brother here from another mother, Ricardo Aguilar. So thanks for being on the show, Rick. My pleasure, brother. Awesome, man. So for those that don't know Rick, I mean, I kind of seen him kind of blow up in the last few years. Um, You know, he's basically grew up in the hood with, you know, pretty much had it as hard as you can imagine to now a self-made millionaire uh, through, you know, just building a huge empire through PHP and, you know, other entrepreneurial um, journeys. But Rick, why don't you tell me a little bit for my guests that don't really know you? Why don't you tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about yourself? You know, tell me a little bit about your story even before. Like, did you know you this was meant for you? How'd you even get there? Yeah. So um, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor to me to to be here with you guys. It's always awesome to be able to share, um, to share and to learn, right? Because you're always in learning mode. I think a lot of people don't don't understand that. You can always learn something from everybody, no matter matter if they're in your position in life, much higher or much lower, right? Sometimes the people that are much lower can teach you humbleness. Oh, 100%. And the people that are much higher can teach you things, new new ways of doing this. You're always going to be able to learn. So it's always a pleasure to learn from different people and to be in 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 an environment where people want to grow, right? Because that's the only way you can grow is being in an environment where people want to grow. For sure. Right? Um, so we're originally from Michoacan, Mexico, Naranjo de Chila, Michoacan, Mexico. That's where we come from. Um, my mom literally just had me here, and then we went right back. Oh wow! So I'm like, a, I'm like what they would con- uh, consider an anchor baby, right? <laughs> um, and a lot of people do that, right? They have yeah. the babies here just so they can have, they can have papers, and then right. they go back. So uh, I was born here within. I don't, I don't think it was even 40 days. I went back to Mexico, lived wow. in Mexico for a little bit, um, came back over here. Uh, same thing with my brother. My brother was born here. Took him back, and then uh, and then we lived out there. Um, my my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, when I was by by the time I was born, uh, my dad had three restaurants, uh, two uh, three restaurants, one car wash, and a dealership in Lamont, oh my right goodness. here, like twenty minutes from here. My dad's actually the original owner of Hakalito restaurant. Okay, that's the original one in Hakalito. Wow. You know, there's Hakalitos now. Yeah. Well, the first original one is in Hakalito Lamont, and the thing is that. Um, he didn't register the name because he had no papers. Mm. So he was here, had five businesses with no papers. Wow. And so El Jacalito was one of them. And yeah. then um, in Lamont, uh, so, and then my uncle, my uncles got into the restaurant, the the the, um, uh, the restaurant game, which people from Lamont or Bakersfield might know. El Pueblo in Lamont, my uncle Luis Aguilar, he's very well known. He owns El Pueblo in Lamont. Mm. And then uh, um, uh, the restaurant called, um, my dad owned, uh, uh, what was it called? Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, El Puerto Mariscos in Mercado Latino. He owned that one as well. Oh, wow. And then my my uncle, his brother, going up to Fraser Park, Los Pinos Mexican restaurant, right? One of, one of the entrances. My, mm-hmm. my uncle's owned that. Wow. So I, I come from an entrepreneur background. Mm. And um, so my parents got divorced when I was six. Uh, my mom was a very strong-headed Michoacana. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to take anything from your dad. Like, she's like, I'm going to do this on my own. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna take anything from your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she could have, you know, but she just didn't. She just didn't. That was not her style. Mm. And, um, I, I, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was kind of dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Be- but now I understand why. It, 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 I understand why. Mm-hmm. But the point is that uh, when they got divorced... Um, because she wouldn't take anything from my dad, only like the child support, whatever it is that she was giving that mm-hmm. my dad would. And my mom, my dad wanted to do more. You know, my dad wanted to, but she just wouldn't take it. Oh, you know? wow. Because she didn't want people thinking, oh, you know, Salomon takes care of her. Gotcha. Right? That, that was her kind of her style. My mom never took any government aid, never welfare, nothing, no, wow. nothing. She just, and then so she went from owning three restaurants, so the wife of restaurant owner, mm-hmm. to becoming a waitress. So oh. she worked 
as a waitress at Red Pepper Restaurant on Oswell on okay. the east side. And so obviously with her income, we couldn't afford to live somewhere nice. So um, we lived in Lamont for a little bit longer. My mom remarried. We moved to East Bakersfield. I grew up in Virginia and Oswell right there in the middle of the Colonia. Mm-hmm. Um, dropped, uh, went into high school, went to Foothill High School. Uh, got into a lot of trouble because there was a lot of financial problems that we were having mm. um even uh, what ended up happening is that even though my dad was an entrepreneur and, and doing well my mom became, was also became an entrepreneur she owned a, a, a magazine called mi casa bonita after with the money she saved from being a waitress and uh, then she started owning properties but in 2008 everything crashed mm. so not only did my mom and her husband lose everything my dad lost everything as well oh wow so um that happened so we went through a lot of financial struggles major financial struggles um so what ended up happening is that uh when i was about 16 17 um, and you know, you can't afford, you know, the things that all the, the guys have, you know, the mm-hmm. jocks have and everything. Um, so I started getting in trouble, kind of, you know, started, you know, getting into, you know, selling drugs, you know, a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. your weed and all that. Yeah. And I just told my, I, I remember telling my dad and my mom one day and, and I said, I actually didn't tell my dad, I told my mom, I said, look, school's not for me. I know this is not for me. I'm a hustler. Mm-hmm. And then, and schools don't teach you how to be a hustler. They teach you how to be an employee. Nothing wrong with being an employee. Right. Because it's very noble for you to pay your bills. It's just not what I want to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like nothing wrong with it. And I'm not one of those. There's oh no, no 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 I just believe that I I I believe that some people have journeys right and my journey was to be a hustler right mm-hmm. not maybe not to be like a business owner and all that but it was to be a hustler and I knew that I wanted to make money I wanted to exchange something for money not exchange my time for money right I knew that at a young age because I saw my dad do that all my uncles on both sides of my family my uncles are entrepreneurs and my and my grandma my grandparents on ranches so mm. uh, by no means were we rich it was just living day by day but nonetheless I saw that hustler side of both sides of my families. Mm. And so um, they lost everything. Uh, I dropped out of high school. I started. I was kind of doing the, the you know, selling and whatnot. And yeah. Getting in trouble. And then I, I started working with a, a buddy of mine. His name was uh, Richard, working for Metro Floors Lane Carpet. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like 16, 17 years old. And then uh, I got into, uh, what ended up happening? I think I, I got into selling. Oh, so then it, before that, let me backtrack a little bit. Before that, before I, I, I did the carpet thing, my parents owned this, uh, my mom and my stepdad owned a suit store on the east side on Niles called Men's Fashion Club. So I was working there. So I was I was selling there, right? I was mm. selling suits. And, they, you know, they, he would pay me commission because he, he saw that I was a hustler. So yeah. And so but when they lost all of that, um, I went into working to work to do the, the, the flooring. But during that time, I sold three suits to what was the manager at the time of Chrysler Jeep. Oh, wow. But I wasn't, he wanted to hire me, but oh, I wasn't really? old enough. You know, I was 16, so <laughs> I wasn't old enough. He's when you hit 18, call me. Well, I kept this card up until I was 18 years old. So the day I turned 18, I called him. I, mm. I can't remember his name, to be honest with you. And I said, hey, I'm 18 years old, man. Like, you, you remember me? He's like, kind of, but not. I said, I sold you your suits on, on the east side. He said, oh, that's right, come there. And he hired me on the spot. So I started oh, wow. working for Chrysler Jeep. Um, I started working for Chrysler Jeep. I worked for Mitsubishi Nissan, and then I got into the oil fields. Mm. And then um, I ended up, uh, I, I did something I shouldn't have done, which I, I, I regret, you know, a lot. I was, I'm 34. This is when I was, uh, I was 19 years old. Um, I ended up getting arrested. I did a, a shooting. I was still, I was still involved in stuff that I was, just because I'm a hustler doesn't mean I was not a street kid, you know? Yeah. And I was doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing. And I, I was involved in things that I shouldn't have been involved in. And so I ended up doing a, a um, there was this guy I saw that I didn't like. Mm. And, um, and you know, I'm, I've always been a hothead, you know, yeah. not so much now, but, and so I saw him, he was across the street, you know, I was uh, uh, drinking a little bit too much, which will lead to my story right now, later on in the, in life. Um, Drinking a little bit too much. I was doing drugs and I just said, I had my gun. I've always carried a gun on me. So I figured I'm just going to take him out. Like, I don't like this guy. That was mm. my, my thought of, you know, thought process a little bit, how I was back then, a mm. hothead. And so uh, I ended up uh, shooting at the guy. I missed, luckily, but they still wanted to give me with the attempted murder charge. 
Wow. That's what I went to court for. Um, and then uh, uh, by the grace of God, I ended up beating that. They gave me they gave me um, a little bit less. Obviously, they gave me. I think I, I got a strike, and they had me do like. 16 months I don't remember exactly what it was but I went in when I was 19 or 20 got out when I was like 21 mm. and so I went back into the oil fields again um still getting in trouble still you know because I, I again I was a hustler mm -hmm. you know I wanted to I wanted to move I wanted to do things and but I was making good money in the oil fields but I I wanted more you know and until I figured out what I was gonna do I'm, I'm from the east side I'm gonna hustle you know yeah so I got arrested a couple more times after that I, I think the last time I got arrested I was like 26 27 years old mm. and uh sorry and then and then finally one day the judge sees saw me and he says, um, if I ever see you again, you will never see the daylight again. Oh, wow. Like that, that was because he had been my judge multiple times oh, in my wow. adult life. And he says, the thing is that when I beat the attempted murder case, um, that that was, um, even though I didn't hit the guy, they wanted to charge me with that. The DA was really pissed. They couldn't pin it on me because though they had all the evidence, I didn't hit the guy. Mm. So that there, it wasn't technically an attempted murder. It was discharging a firearm with no gross negligence. So they kind of had it in for me already. Mm. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, yeah it, it makes sense. Yeah. So the DA had it in for me with Django's at the time. And the judge had it in for me already. It's like, hey, and I don't blame him, bro. I mean, come on. Of course, I would have it in for me too, shit, you know? Yeah. And so uh, when that ends up happening, uh, um, he saw me. And then, and then one day I just said, okay, I got to do something different. What I'm doing is obviously I'm making money. I already have a house in the River Lakes. I'm driving around in a Humber. I have brand new cars traveling. I have it all. But I can lose it all real quick with the bad decisions that I'm making. Mm. And so I got introduced to, my, my brother was already with, working with PHP. And then uh, I got introduced to Patrick and David, mm -hmm. which is a good friend of mine and mentor now. I mean, he's known all over the world now. And, but he wasn't back then. And, and I heard him speak, you know, and I heard him speak in a way that I had never heard anybody speak about entrepreneurship and changing America through entrepreneurship. And um, I didn't know that I had an entrepreneur spirit. I thought, I'm like, I'm a hustler that worked for, you know, mm. a street kid. Entrepreneur is a hustler. It's not entrepreneur. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so you're, and so he says, you're, you know, we're going to change the world and we're going to bring jobs to America and we're going to, we're going to change the way people perceive themselves and, and we're going to help people grow. And I had never heard that language. Though I come from a family of hustlers, I had never heard that language specific. And so um, joined PHP, got with them, and I've been there. Uh, this this year has been six years. And uh, and now have an incredible organization, over 1,000 agents across the country. Uh, PHP is the fastest growing FMO in the country, according to Forbes magazine. Mm. Uh, now went from dealing with all this legal crap to dealing with presidents. I We got invited to, with when Trump was president nice. to the Murrah Lago in 2020, uh, dealing with Bush. I've had the pleasure of meeting Kobe. Uh, Kevin Hart, you know, all the people that PHP is associated with. And uh, being around that circle has really changed my perspective it, because sometimes you, 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 you're, you're a diamond in the rough. Uh -huh. You know, you, you know you have it in you, but you're not around the right people. Mm. They're not molding you, right. you know. They're, they're on the contrary because they don't know your value. They can't bring it out of you. Uh -huh. So no matter how much inside of you, you feel that fire inside of you, uh, being around in the wrong crowd, they're never they're never gonna mine your mine you if that makes sense. They're yep. never gonna mine it out of you. Right. So immediately, as soon as I, I got you know around Patrick and the leadership of PHP, now obviously, I'm blessed to be one of them. But until that point, um, even though my dad's always like, you can do it, you can do whatever you set your mind to, all this stuff. Um, it's different hearing it from somebody else than yeah. from hearing it from your parents. And uh, and so that's that's where we're at right now. I'm 34 years old, been married for uh, six years. I got married the year during PHP. So me and my wife do this full time. And um, and uh, we've been able to do a lot, travel the world. Literally, we're leaving to Paris on, on Sunday. We help people make, make six figures that have never made six figures in their life in entrepreneurship, transition over. So it's been a beautiful journey. It's been a bumpy road. Don't get me wrong. It's not yeah. easy, but it's, it's been a beautiful journey. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome, great. man. So. Yeah. You know, what's pretty interesting is that, you know, now you have this pretty successful life, but 
you you don't think like you know somebody that's you know gone to jail multiple times yeah been arrested like you know that would deserve this lifestyle now that yeah. you have so obviously you know you know what made you get out of this pattern? Because you said last time you were arrested, it was 26. Yeah, I was about 26. I think I might have been 27. 27. Which was, I'm 34 now. So how many years ago? Was it eight years ago? Eight years ago. Yeah. So like, obviously now you've been clean from that. Yeah. So how, yeah. what made you like, because if you had that lifestyle pretty much growing up, yeah. I would imagine it's pretty hard to break away from it that because that's kind of who you are. Yeah, it is. So how did you break away from that? So so there's two parts to it. So so number one is, um, the on my especially on my mom's side, bro, 90% of them are 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 involved some way or shape or form mm. in, a, in a heavy way. Mm. So um, my family is very well known in where we're from. So um, I saw my uncles with the big chains. Like I post some of them now. Some of them passed away. You can see their bracelets, bro, in the 90s. Oh, wow. Thick, you know, big rings, chains, the, you know, the suburbans, the big houses in Mexico. So I grew up seeing that. Those were my heroes. Mm. That's what I wanted to be. And to a certain extent, I still wear that style. I still have my, you know, my my jewelry. Because to this day, you see my grandma, when she goes out, my grandma wears a um, uh, gold ring in every finger. Mm. And she wears her, her necklaces. Like, that's we're from Michoacan. That's the style, you know? Yeah. So, so, um. Number one is I, I almost didn't want to break away from it mm. because I saw my uncles do it. Even though a lot of them had already been in federal prison, mm -hmm. um, didn't see their kids grow up. Uh, obviously, some of them were murdered. Um, I didn't want to transition out, to be mm. quite frank with you. I didn't want to. But um, but then I, I, I took a look back. Like when I heard the judge say, I'm not scared of judge. I had already been in judge. I had already done time. Mm. But then I talked to myself, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and, and, and I, this is, I, guess, I guess there's a certain part where God plays a role in that, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm a big believer in God. I'm not a big believer in religion. I'm a believer in God. Where there, there's, there's got to be a, God gives you a lot of signals. But there's got, you got to take one of them eventually, mm -hmm. right? So I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and I stepped away from a bit. When I was 26 and I got arrested again, I had multiple agencies come to my house and break my door down. I shouldn't have got out of that. Like, oh, I, wow. I should not have got out of that. And it's like, it, it, God get me, got me out of the first one, right? And it's like, hey, fool, here's your second chance. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense? Like, yep. there, I almost felt like when the judge was speaking to me, I almost felt like God was speaking to me. Mm. Like, there's not going to be a third chance, bro. This is your second one in mm. a short amount of time, mm. you know? And so that at that day, I, I I just, you know, my mom went to court with me. Um, obviously, she was crying. And, and so all that kind of, I think God played a major role in, in because you got you to gotta let them in. Yeah. Because how many men don't let them in? Right. Right? Like, how many people don't take those signals? Right. Right? And so you got to allow that. Because I could have just said, okay, whatever, and continued. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be here with you right now. Right. Right. So you, there's got to be an element where you got to allow, like, you got to know, like, you're really pushing, you're really pushing it at this point. And so that's what happened, bro. I think that that's what happened. That was my breaking point right there where I realized, you know, if I, if I blow this again, I mean, shit, I blew it one time and I didn't learn my lesson. Mm -hmm. If I do this again, there won't be a third time. Wow. You know, you got to have that breakthrough. Yeah. hundred percent. Now, yeah. how do you not forget about that? Cause I feel like, for example, just to give a lot of different examples, like, some women right they have babies and they're like this is the worst experience to have labor and it's just like uh -huh. so painful right and they're like i'm never having a baby again but then two years goes by and it's like they forget about the pain and they're like let's have another baby right so obviously it was a painful experience for you to see your mom crying yeah you know you're hearing this judge saying you're never going to see the light again but how do you not forget that feeling you know to to, to just go back to your old ways oh yeah and, and you know that's a, that's a, such an interesting question because because you know um, the more successful you become or the more you let forget about the success part. Let's just forget about that. The more you, you, the more you get away from that experience, 
the easier it is for you to lose perspective, mm. right? So re- regardless, let, let's say let's say you were in my situation, two thousand sixteen, and you know somebody else in, in general, and and or uh, you know when that happened to me, and and they just step away and they got away scot free, mm-hmm. and they just continue to live their life. So regardless if you're going to become successful or just live your life, you could lose perspective. Which just so, just so, just so. I'll be very honest with you and everybody is listening. I've lost perspective, mm. right? So in my journey here as an entrepreneur, there's been many times where I'm like, dude, I don't got to do this shit. I know how to make a lot of money real fast right now. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're trying to make payroll and you're the last one that gets paid yeah. and you realize you don't got enough money, like you got enough money and sometimes borrow money to be able to make payroll mm-hmm. and you don't have money until anything comes in. Yeah, those thoughts go through your mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where having a, a spouse plays a role because because a spouse that's in the game, mm-hmm. right, and, that's, and, that has, and that has the right mind because at that point, when I was going through that, you're going through that alone, mm-hmm. right? Nobody can see it. Right. But the only person that can see it is your wife. Mm. And so if you have the the wrong wife will tell you what, I don't want to struggle, mm. make us money no matter what. Mm. That's the wrong wife. And right. believe me, I've seen that happen a million times because I have a lot of cousins, mm. right? The right wife, hey, it's going to be all right. Like, mm. it's going to be fine. And so when I was losing perspective, my wife's the one that kept me, hey, it's going to be all right. Chill out. Like, it's good. This is, this is God's plan. It's going to be okay. Mm. And so... I think that part of it is very, very um, uh, underrated. Right. The right voice, meaning your ear at that right time, mm-hmm. is highly underrated. And I've seen, I have friends that have so much potential and are married to the wrong person. Mm. And they never exploit that greatness. Right. And I have friends that are so mediocre in their way of doing everything, but have the right spouse and blow up. Yep. It's so crazy how that works. Yeah. But to go back to answer your question, my wife kept me in perspective when those times mm-hmm. were, because they're going to come. Yeah. Uh, you're human. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting here, ah, and she says, you do realize you could be sitting in a prison cell for the rest of your life, right? Like you, <laughs> like you, do, like you do realize that. Right. And she says, look around you. Mm-hmm. We live in a, in a decent house. We didn't have the house. We don't live, you know, we live in Seven Oaks now. Obviously, Beverly Hills is a bigger school. But, you know, at that time, we were struggling. We were barely being able to pay the rent where we were living. Yeah. And she says, but you have a roof over your head. You're not going to have to ask a guard what time you get. If you could go up to use the restroom, you're not going to share a room with the man. And you have a refrigerator full of food. You're not going to have to wait till four in the morning the next day for chow. Mm. Like, come on. Like, you know, wake up, you know. Yeah. So that's what helped me stay in perspective. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think- but, 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 but the thing is that if you don't have that, because some people are listening, don't have that. Right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have somebody on speed dial that you know will set you right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because I, I wasn't married the entire time I was an entrepreneur. And I, and when she was not with me, I had somebody that I would go to. Yep. A mentor of mine that I would call when I was feeling that. Mm. So in case you don't have that spouse, you know, whoever's listening, you gotta have somebody on freaking speed dial. That when you're going through those motions, you got to be able to give them a call. Yep. You know, to set you straight. That's so important. I think like even for me, I think about it, you know, I never went down like this path of, you know, getting in prison or anything. But I could imagine just like being so emotionally drained. Yeah. And then just kind of like maybe your emotions kind of make you make wrong decisions because you're just so pissed off or you're so just aggravated by the situation. And you kind of need someone to like kind of calm you down a little bit. And just put things, like you said, into perspective and yes. just be like, hey, relax, take a deep breath. Like, you know, let's think long term as opposed to whatever you're feeling right now. Yes. And I've, and I've been able to have that. You know, I have my spouse who has been able to listen to all of my, you know, everything that I'm going through when I'm bouncing my head against, against the wall. She's like, yep. hey, 
everything's all right. You know, actually, you probably should be happy that this situation happened to yep. you because now you're going to bounce back and make yourself even stronger. Right. And if, if I didn't have that that partner, I'd probably be, you know, I'd probably be going downhill versus uphill. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very underrated, bro. I, yeah. I'm telling you, people have no idea how much that brings value to your life. To have, and, and, then, and, then, and then on top of that, like I said, we're not super religious, but... But having a God-fearing spouse plays a, a whole different role in it. Oh, yeah. You know, my, again, me and my wife, we are not religious. But we just know there's a higher power out there. Whether you call him Allah, Jehovah, Jesus, Buddha, there's somebody out there. Mm -hmm. and, and when there's that level of accountability to somebody that you know or something that you know brought you into this world, you, it, it brings it like, uh, they're, they're saying, you know, I've heard the expression, the fear of God, right? Mm -hmm. The fear of God is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you know your God, your God is a loving God, yep. right? It's not a, he's not a bad person bad person so or a bad being mm -hmm. so the fear of god is a good thing you yep. know people are like oh you know no if god you have to fear that for sure you know in order for you to make right decisions because if you don't fear anything then what what's the you know what's the point not anything but if you don't fear the accountability that one day you're gonna have to answer to him yep then what's the what are you living for you have no purpose yeah 100 percent. i know? think spirituality is important because yeah. i think especially i think there's even a saying that like 50 cent even says it on one of his songs like don't get religious until they start bleeding right and it's like whenever you're going through that tough time and even for example we were speaking before the show that you were going you know you just had hernia surgery yeah. and you know my wife had surg mm -hmm. hernia surgery not too long ago as well and it's like during that time the only thing that you can really rely on is something bigger than you 100 percent, right that spirituality yes. you know god's gonna take care of us during this during this surgery and that everything's gonna be okay and yeah. now now whatever situation you're going through Right, regardless of what religion you believe in, you have a, something to look up to. Yes. Right. Would Absolutely. you Would you agree with that? One hundred percent. One hundred. I mean, it just doesn't. Uh, you know, all respect to any atheist. Right. All respect. I just don't know how you live. Yeah. I just don't. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I've done a lot of evil things where I had the devil in my ear, mm. and maybe, maybe you gotta meet the devil sometimes to realize that there's God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I tell you one time in particular. Um, I, I there was one time in particular I was running from the cops, and uh, and I was kind of saying low, and I went to my grandparents' house. And this is many. This is before I got a jail, went to, got arrested, and so uh, I was living at my grandparents' house. And my grandma, my grandma, my grandpa never, ever, ever, ever locked the door to their room. Never. And so one day I wake up in the middle. I think I'm like 18 years old. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I had been doing drugs heavy and mm. and 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 drinking heavy. So I was on a come down, right? Like where I'm coming down mm. off of it. So I'm not like drunk or high at the time, mm -hmm. but I'm not. I'm not well, you right. know. And so, um, and so. I get up in the middle of the night. I feel very heavy. My body feels heavy. I remember walking to the restroom. Mm -hmm. I open the door. I try to turn on the light. I can't turn on the light. I don't know if this was a dream or if it was real. I don't know. Wow. But um, I turn on the light. I can't, and so I look in the mirror and I see demons laughing at me. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm, they're laughing at me. Literally laughing at me. Mm -hmm. And so um, all of a sudden this, and what I'm going to tell you might, you know, might give you the chills. But I have to share with you because I want you to know that sometimes you don't know how good you have it until you get to the rock bottom right. spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so um, this thought goes over my head to hurt my grandparents. Oh, wow. So I walk out of the restroom. I walk to their door and their door is locked. <laughs> and so I'm not, I don't have the power to get in. Mm. So I go back into my room and I fall asleep. Now, if it was a dream mm -hmm. or if it was real, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it felt very real. Right. Until you, and, and it gets, and people don't, like I said, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual when it comes down to that. Until you meet the devil, some of you guys are not going to wake up and realize it's very real. 
that you, like you know with everything going on with the world look what's going on with the world like some there's a puppet master behind it yeah and you gotta be stupid and naive to not believe that there's a evil presence around us to not kids are being trafficked they're mm -hmm. being raped you know this uh, wars famine like that's not human beings are not naturally like that right i've traveled to many countries most people are good people. Mm -hmm. So what pushes people to do things like that? Right. What pushes one man to exterminate millions of Jews mm -hmm. and then have an army of people to do it? You're going to tell me all those all those uh, Nazi Gestapos were all bad people? Mm -hmm. Or were they not influenced by a higher, a higher power? Right. Not by God, by a bad power. Right. So sometimes you got to go through some heavy shit for you to realize, you know, yeah. there's something out there's 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 opposing powers out there that you may not realize play a role in how you do things in your life yeah 100 you know? i think a big part of it has to do with you know i think you said earlier that who you hang out with right 100%. because you had that hustle mentality already you were surrounded by it with your family members you know your your uncles right all your family members were hustlers but you were hanging out with the wrong crowds yep. that was causing you to to basically do things that you shouldn't right that caused you to get in trouble right yes. and, then, and then once you got exposed to patrick but david and yep. all this new community it almost like now you, like Shifted. you said, all that, that, that you got out of your system right. where you were meant to come out. Yep. But, but it was because now you're hanging out with the right people. That's right. So again, I mean, if you, if you hang around with demons, you're going to be, you're going to be a demon. You're going to be a yeah, demon. Yeah. Be a demon. Yeah. yeah. I was one. I'm telling you. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So that, I mean, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty crazy now. So that this obviously gives hope to people that are maybe are struggling, right. That, that right. maybe are in, in the hood or maybe surrounded around the bad, bad environment. That there is actually, if you surround yourself with the right people, you can't do that. But how did you even get that opportunity? Because, you know, I could just imagine, you know, you knew you wanted to be a hustler, but there's a hustler, you know, that you can do that at selling drugs and make money. You know, I mean, Chapo and everybody else, has, yeah. you know, made billions of dollars doing mm -hmm. it that way. So well, how, how did you say, you know what, this is going to, this is my new opportunity and I'm going to pursue this as opposed to all this other way I can get money. Yeah. You know, um. Man, the, the reality is, bro, I, I didn't know. Mm. I just took a chance because that's what you have to do. Mm. I've been taking, taking chances my whole life. Mm. So it's like, you know, I, I, I looked at the industry, you know, and it's, it's the industry that makes the most millionaires in America, right? And I'm like, okay, the industry makes sense. The product makes sense. You know, these people do good. Okay, I don't know how to do it. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> But what else? I didn't know nothing about anything before I was born. Right. There was a point I didn't know how to wipe my ass. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to go back to the basics. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. What are you scared of? You didn't know what you know now until you learned it. Mm -hmm. What are you so scared about? Right? Because people live in that fear. Right. Right? It's uh, Fear stands for, um, man, I can't remember the words. Uh, uh, it's obviously has a definitional definition, but it's... Um, uh, I, I forgot. I'm gonna. It's gonna come back to me. There's a. There's a phase. I have it in my in, in my office in a booklet, mm -hmm. where it's something uh, fake, a fake. Uh, um, what is it? Fake something appearing real. Fake, uh, fake episodes appear, appearing real. Mm. Fake episodes appearing real. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're not real. Right. It's it's not real. They it's a appear. fake episode. Like you're because you're because what happens is that your your. You're you're having an episode in your head about what may or may not go wrong, may or may not go wrong, but it's not real because it hasn't happened. Right. Right. Yeah. So fake episodes appearing real. Mm -hmm. Right. So so that's what kind of made me jump into it. I'm like, does it make sense? Like, 
you know, obviously you need you need the you need things to make sense. Right. Is it the right industry? Yeah. Does it make money? Yeah. Does it have the right people around it? Yeah. Let me just go and try it. Mm. I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be in PHP. Like that's not how this yeah. you know, because <laughs> a lot of people don't know we do life insurance annuities and retirement planning. Right. Dude, I, I'm from I didn't even graduate high school, I'm a financial <laughs> advisor. Does it make sense? Yeah. And I, mean, and I and I I run a I think right now we're doing $7 million a year in, in production. Like, you think I woke up one day and said, I want to be, a, you know, in the financial world. No, hell no. Right. That was the last thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I don't, shit, I didn't even know how to use a calculator. Right. But, but again, it's, you just got to jump in there because there's a book called uh, Relentless by Tim Grover, which mm -hmm. is Kobe Bryant's, call. I got to meet him in February. He's freaking awesome, dude. Um, he was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's personal trainer. And he says, unless you know, the book says, unless you know that the, you know, because everybody says, just jump in the water, right? Just jump in the water. Jump in the, just saying, jump in the water. I right. that thing, right? And he says, unless you know the water is full of alligators, just jump in. Mm. Unless you know that it's full of alligators, just jump in. Right. And so many people are sitting, what's, what's under the water? There's, not, there's nothing there. Right. Alligators show their eyes. So you know that it's full of alligators. So he says, unless you know it's full of alligators, just jump in. Right. Right. So that's kind of the way, the approach that I took towards PHP and towards the industry mm -hmm. was I just jumped in. Yeah. Not knowing anything. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to end up right where you started. Right. That's what, that's the worst that's going to happen. Then what? Well, at least you have that experience. Exactly. You don't lose. You just learn. Yeah. That's it. You know? So one thing about like people that have a hustle mindset, like a hustle uh, mindset, like for example, I have a sales, a sales person on my right. team is that they, they, they like to be rewarded quickly. Of Right. So did when you when you jumped into this industry that you had, knew nothing about, did you get rewarded quickly? No. Or, you're like, or did you? Oh, why'd you even stick with it then? No, because no, no, because see, that's the part about being around the right people. Mm. So there's there's three things that are going to determine your success. The books you read, the people you're around and the meetings you attend. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the three things that will determine your success. The, the, the books you read, the people you're around and the meetings you attend. So I read right now. I think I read. Roughly about, I wish I could read more, but about 24 to 30 books a, a year. Wow. So it's about two books a month is what I'm reading. And so right now I'm working, I'm actually working on this book right now. Um, I actually posted it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share with you guys uh, the name of it that, that I'm, I'm currently working on. It's a sick book. Um, and it puts things, it's, it's called uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant. I'm working on that right now. Give and Take by Adam Grant. Mm. And so anyway, the point is that... Um, so when you read the stories about Jeff Bezos, I read the, the book, The Amazon Way, that about Jeff Bezos' story. Um, I read about Elon Musk, uh, Tim Grover, Michael Jordan, Kobe, uh, Mama Mentality. I've read all these books. And so when you read, and so, so when you read these books, you understand, because see, here's, here's what's happening. 99% of Americans are watching Instagram instead of reading a book. Mm -hmm. So if I don't pop up in my Instagram right now, I'm friends with a lot of celebrities, mm -hmm. right? Like be, I've been exposed to a lot of them now. Right. And so, you know, and a lot of them follow me and I follow them and I'm watching their life. You could fool yourself into believing that Kevin Hart is, was rich overnight. What you don't know is that he went to a bunch of shows when he first started. Right. That nobody was there. Right. But you don't see that right now. And it's not his fault because that's not what he is right now. Mm -hmm. So you, social media can fool you into believing success is overnight. Mm. Like, like a lot of people don't realize look, how old is LeBron right now? Right. LeBron's 38 years old, mm -hmm. right? We've been watching him for 18 years. Right. But LeBron, where, where was he 19 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people, the cameras running, but he was broke. Right. Right? So so we just see the journey of them growing. Right. Sometimes not even growing. Or you open up and there's these fake, fake Instagram gurus, mm -hmm. the fake rich. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, 21 year old, $4 million on Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Bro, get the hell out of here, bro. Like, who are you trying to fool? You know what I mean? Like, but a lot of people are fooled by that. Yeah. Or like right now I opened up my, my app. My friend Gabriela and her husband are in Paris. Mm. 
I know her story and his story. But if I don't know their story, I open up my Instagram, I think that's the way they've been living. Right. Little people don't, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of little do people know they lost two businesses before they went, they did that. Mm-hmm. I know that though, because I know them. Right. So when you don't know the story and all you see the success. So what you're battling, what, what books is battling mm-hmm. books. I, matter of fact, let's call me pickles. I don't know how you're, you know, pickles. pickles oh, you're, I think I heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He has a jet right here in a, a jet and a Rolls Royce. Right. Here. He's a good friend of mine. Nice. Uh, there's people associated with multimillionaire, you know? Yeah. Anyway, the point is this. So what happens is that, is that. People are picking up their phone and not picking up a book. Mm. So they're looking at a fake world on Instagram. And mm. I'm not saying the people are faking it. Right. It's a fake perspective on how to get there. Right. right. So when I open up a book and I listen that Kobe Bryant was in the gym before all his all his uh, teammates and after. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Right. When I heard that Je- Jeff, Be- when I'm reading the book and I see that Jeff Bezos, because uh, he couldn't afford desks, mm-hmm. he went to a building they were demolishing and he said, can I take the doors? Wow, that's what those were his desks. Yeah, because he couldn't afford them. Right, so he put desks on chairs. Those were his desks for years. Right, it gives me the freaking chill. Like when you don't know their story, little people. uh, Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that Elon Musk in the nineties was already worth four hundred million dollars. Why start Tesla, bro? In the nineties, think about what's four hundred million in the nineties right now would be what two three billion. Right, like bro, you worth four hundred million dollars. Right, he taught it. He was the one that produced um like PayPal and all that. Yeah, be able to uh, uh, help us how to read uh, the news digitally. So he created all those all those all those systems. Why start Tesla? And then you go and you realize that he almost went bankrupt starting Tesla. Right, and then he almost went bankrupt starting SpaceX. Why would you go through that three different times? <laughs> so, but if you only open up your app and mm-hmm. see Tesla. Mm-hmm. That's where you think he started. Right. Right? So, but when you, you got to read. So, that number one is reading. I yep. don't mean to make the answer long-winded, but people really need to understand how important this is. Number one is reading. Then the meetings you attend. No disrespect to whoever does. Bro, you will not catch me at a club in Bakersfield. <laughs> and, I, and by the way, the club owners are my friends. Right? They're my <laughs> friends. And nothing wrong with that. That's their business. I'm not, right. the, but you won't. And you're not going to catch me at a bar. Right. For what? Now, don't get me wrong. If it's my buddy's birthday, mm-hmm. hey, bro, I'm having something at over here. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I'm not going voluntary. I'm not going out of my own will. Right. I'm going because that's my friend. Right. But you won't catch me there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, unless it's something for spe- somebody that I love or I care about. Right. Um, I don't drink uh, just to drink. Right. Right. I, I don't. It, it, there, a lot of people do things just to do them. So when you're in an environment of people where the meetings are talking about growth mm-hmm. and then you're hearing like we're doing right now, hearing stories about like right now you're like, man, my, when, when I want to put my head against the wall mm-hmm. with my wife, like because I'm because and my wife's like, hey, you know, that gives me peace because I'm like, OK, I'm going to be all right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. So those are meetings where you're hearing stories of people in the, in the same mindset mm-hmm. so that you're like, oh, this is normal. This is OK. We're, I'm going to be all right. Yeah. You know, and so and so uh, and then that's that. And then the people that you're the, the meetings you attend, you have to be around people that are, want to grow. Right. Right. And, and so what do you you know, there's a lot of events that you can pay to go to. Mm-hmm. Right. There's like, for example, Driven with Albert Persaud is a buddy of mine. Right. We have our events. There's plenty of events of entrepreneurs. You just got to look for them. Right. There's networking events all over Baker. So you just got to look for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and then the, the other one is hanging out on a daily basis. Who you talk to? Like, again, you know, Pickle just called me right now. I talk to people that have my same mentality. Yep. You know, I talk to, I, I talk to people that have, you know, that and, and like I, he just bought a stupid sick jet from an oil field worker. He's a Mexicano. <laughs> he's from, I think he's from a Nayarit or something like that. And, and he's like, hey, bro, you know, come. He paid, like, he has a hanger. He has his Rolls Royce in there. A beautiful house in Seven Oaks. 
That's who I want to hang out with. Yep. Because I want to, I want to be inspired, mm-hmm. right? I don't want, and, and, and he's always hustling. He's always going. He's always, and I, and I love to see him go and just, you know, grind. And that's him amongst all my the, my people that I consider friends. So, and I will leave it at this with that answer just to finish this. If your friends, if your circle doesn't inspire you, you're in a box. Oh, yeah. You're not in a circle. You're in a box. <laughs> you're locked in. Yeah. You know, because nothing's spinning. Everything's just bouncing off the walls. You need things to spin. You need things to go. Yep. You need, you need, you need, you need things to flow. Right. And things don't flow in a box. Right. You know, so I look at my friends. I, by the way, it happened to me. The last time that ever happened to me was in 2008, uh, 17. Mm-hmm. I'm literally sitting at a table. I got invited to this place. I'm not going to say names because, you know, we're in Bakersfield and nothing wrong with the spot, but I'm old group of friends and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing here, bro. I literally grabbed my keys. I didn't even say bye. I walked the door. Oh, wow. That was the last time I ever hung out for no reason. Oh, wow. That's the last time. I said, I can't do this. Yeah. It's not me. It's never been me. Right. But now when I got around the group of people that really speak about growth, mm-hmm. I, I can't. And then, like, where'd you go? Oh, man, I had to go, man. And that was the last time I ever hung out, hung out with a group of people that do not inspire me. Oh, 100%. As much as I love them, by the way. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. You got to value your life. Oh, for sure. You know, not that, not that they don't value you, but they just can't bring value to you. Yeah. You know? That's just the way I see life now. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that inspiration is so important because that's where I get all my ideas. Like if I see people that are crushing it in business, you know, you see that private jet that, I mean, most people don't even realize, like you said, the amount of sacrifice that it took to even get that. You just see, wow, man, he's got it made. It's like, what you don't know is like, dude, he put in the work for freaking a decade. Yep. And it's like, it took him all this time. And you know, you don't even know, you know, the bumps and bruises he had to get to go through in order to get that yep so you're not gonna have that yourself in a year when it took them 12 years no. i mean so first of all you got to understand that you got to put in your you got to put in your time right and then once you once you find that out and then once you do have you know you know the nice shiny objects and stuff then you that's when you start to realize like you know for example you were talking about elon musk he already had you know pretty much the equivalent of billions of dollars yeah, in the 90s in the 90s and he risked you know, that basically almost going bankrupt yep. to start Tesla again. In my experience, when I've seen people risk it is because they, they have a higher cause, right? Something right. they're trying to make an impact yep. in, in their mission, their mm-hmm. vision. Right. And so it's like, they're willing to risk it because they, that, that, that vision is so more important to them. Right. And then, and then I think that's kind of what makes people successful. Yep. And, and even to even piggyback off that more, it's like people want the success until they realize the amount of work it takes to have the success. Yeah. And then they're like, forget this. And people quit because yeah. they don't have the work ethic. They don't have the mentality, yeah. the mindset. And I think that the only way you're going to continue to have that work ethic and that mindset is if you continue to consume books that are going to give you inspiration, be around people that are going to push you to get to the next level. And then that's really the only way because business or entrepreneurship is not easy. No, It's not for everybody. No, it's not. And you really have to be, you know, you really have to have to have the support system from your spouse, mm-hmm. your partners, your your mentors. All that needs to be in line for you to succeed. Yep. Would you agree with that? Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's the environment. Yeah. It goes back, you know, a lot of people don't know that sharks only grow as big as a tank. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, mm-hmm. you know, literally the shark will only grow as big as a tank. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you put a, if you put a, if you put a shark, like, for example, in a, in SeaWorld, you put them where, where Shamu is at, the, uh, an orca is going to grow to a full size no matter what. A shark will not grow. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. A shark will not grow bigger than the tank. Oh, wow. It'll grow only enough enough to be adjusted to that tank. 
That's crazy. Yep. So therefore, they that, it, it, even to a shark, the killer, the oldest American, God's oldest killing machine, mm-hmm. will only grow according to the environment it's in. Wow, that's in crazy. The, that's why I think you you kind of have to even like, you know, even evaluate who your mentors are as well because. Course. You want to almost like up your mentors too, because you're, you yourself, like you're saying that example, you're not going to grow unless you're surrounded by someone who's much bigger, much bigger. Yeah. And the same thing as a, as a shark, right? You got to put them in a bigger cage in order to be, yep. become bigger. Yep. And, the, and that's the only way you're going to grow. Yep. So for you, I mean, let's go back to that situation though, because you had this, you, you were working in the, in the oil fields and now you had this opportunity with PHP, but you didn't taste the dollar right away. Oh, no, hell no. So was it just the the people? The were you just sold on the dream? Is that really what it was? There's nothing else. You that there was nothing else that will keep you going, mm. brother. There was, man. The first two years, I can't tell you how many times I had eviction notices on my door. Mm. It, 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 one time I had a I had a man. I had seven hundred eighty credit score. I had money in the bank. I had everything, and there was there was. At one time, I was at the office in my office. Where they repoed my car outside of my office seven o'clock at night, my wow. BMW seven fifty that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it, 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 there's just no way you're you're not gonna not go through that. Yeah, there's just no way that you're not gonna go through where the money that comes in goes out the first two years, mm-hmm. first two three years, shit, maybe even four years. I and I po- I post on Instagram all the time. The first two to four years, don't expect to see any money because you're putting back into the business. The problem is. So many people are so used to just receiving mm-hmm. that they don't know how to give even to themselves. Wow. So they're always used to, para acá, mm. yep. give, take, 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 taxes, rims, <laughs> taxes, BBL, Yep. right? <laughs> taxes, system, taxes, big screen TV, taxes, trip, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Even with the money that the government gives them, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with it. Right. Let's, let, for, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me retract. Yeah. They want to blow it. They do, yeah. Okay, so when that's the mentality you've had, and that's all you you see, that's all you've done. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to, hey, like for example, like this setup you have right here. Mm-hmm. There's two cameras, there's microphones. This is not a cheap. This is not cheap. Yeah. So your your vision, I'm assuming, is that this podcast, and I hope to God it does, and and I hope it, and I'm sure it will, and God will bless it to blow up. Yeah. To become an international Joe Rogan type of thing, and I hope. And I hope and I pray that that happens for you. And I'm sure it will be the way you're going. But the point is this. You don't invest in yourself thinking this is going to happen tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you invest in yourself with the idea, if as long as I put in the work, God will eventually have a, have a breakthrough for me. Yep. That's the, that's the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And then remaining grateful remain, uh, remaining uh, grateful for the opportunity to even be able to invest in yourself. Yep. How many countries can you not do that? Right. Dictatorship countries, you can't do that in Cuba. Right. You can't do that in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't in, in uh, certain parts of China. Mm-hmm. It's communist. It's like they say it in their name. Right. China Communist Party. Like it's communism. You yeah. know. So and then on top of this, remaining grateful. I like all these American hating people. Like they're so weird to me. Mm. You know, all these communists and socialists and like, you know, oh, America's race. Like where do you get that from, bro? Right. A lot of, let me give you a quick IRS uh, IRS stat. A lot of people don't know that eighty six percent of millionaires in America are self made. 86% wow. of them, 83% of them are immigrants from other countries. Yeah. <laughs> so out of the 86%, 83 are immigrants from other countries. And there's only one logical explanation. Nobody loves America more than an immigrant mm. because they know how to value what they have. And Americans don't. 100%. That's the, just the reality behind it. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Even us, like, let's say 
Technically, I'm not an immigrant. Technically. Yeah. But I am. But I'm technically not because I was born here. Right. And I lived in Mexico. So right. I know how to value America. Yeah. And I didn't live bad in Mexico. We live, shit, I go back, we have cabins in Mexico. My dad has a beautiful house. We have we have properties in Mexico. We live good in Mexico. Like, I go over there and it's not like I'm going to a third world country. Mm-hmm. But, but you still can see how people live. Oh, yeah. So it keeps me grateful. So though I, I am technically not, by the technical verse, a technical um, title, an immigrant, Living in Mexico and going to Mexico still keeps me in perspective mm-hmm. of this is the greatest country in the world mm-hmm. with all its faults. Yep. So you have to remember that part of it too. Yep. I tell people all the time, bro, if you can't make it in America, you can't make it anywhere. <laughs> Where are you going to make it? You can't, <laughs> Mexico, you think you're going to get social you welfare in Mexico? They don't give them welfare in Mexico. Right. Where are you going to go? Canada? Like Germany? Where are you going to go, bro? <laughs> Where are they going to give you everything that we give you? Right. Stop it. If you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. Mm. And and they made, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, Finish that sentence with this. They made a, they did a study. Harvard did a study. That if they were all these socialists that think that rich people are evil, mm-hmm. they said, um, they did a study for them. They said, if they were to grab all the money of all the wealthiest people in the world, okay, and give a million dollars to each human in the world, mm-hmm. in 10 years, the rich would become rich again and the broke would go back to being broke. <laughs> because you're rich in your mind before you're rich in your pocket. 100%. And rich people will find places to invest. Yep. Poor people will find things to spend on. Oh, 100%. And how many times do we not see that in the NFL? Oh, yeah. In the NFL, you're projected to be broke four years after you leave the NFL. You're given <laughs> millions of dollars. <laughs> like, you don't, need a, you don't need to do a case study from Harvard. Look at the NFL. Yep. How many people are broke? We have a local guy here that was worth $70 million. We have a couple of athletes from Bakersfield. We have one in particular who was worth $70 million. Yep. That he's not, that's not his net worth, net worth anymore. Why? Right. Because it goes back to that. 100%. If you When you can give somebody a million dollars and they will still go back to being broke because of their bad habits. Oh, yeah. Right? So it, it goes back to, again, oh, right now, people want instant gratification. Yep. They want instant gratification. If I worked for you and you say, you know what, I want to, you know, you the, the, the tax company you have here, I'm like, hey, instead of giving me bonuses, man, give me a piece of equity of the company. When you sell it, I want to get a piece of it. Yep. Like a lot of people don't know that that's what uh what's her name uh, uh, not, uh Beyonce did with the uh, flag flag co- flag coach coach oh, flag. Really? what is it called the one in uh in Indio that they do over there the flag um coach whatever they think they do the, the concert in the middle of the desert what is it Coachella, Coachella but oh, it's okay got gotcha. there's something called yeah Coachella but they call it something it's a um I can't remember the name of it well, anyway the event mm-hmm. they told they 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 they, they, they were gonna do it like a Netflix on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so Beyonce said, instead of paying me, give me a piece of that. Yeah. Dude, it was worth four times what they were going to pay her. Yeah. <laughs> People don't understand equity. 100%. I want equity. Yeah. Don't give me my bonuses. Give me equity. Yeah. So when that thing blows up, I take a piece of it. 100%. Just an example of yeah. how you can make money. You, you hit so many points. Like, you, you know, one of the things you talked about is like the, the, the self-made millionaires, most of them are basically... You know, immigrants. Immigrants. And actually, I had a, you know, there's a friend of mine. He goes by Alpha Slice, Alpha Slice on, on Instagram. He's uh, basically this uh, nurse that came to America from his foreign country, basically to pursue the American dream. And uh, he became an entrepreneur and he basically made himself a multimillionaire. And one of the things that he said is like, in my country, people don't realize that like dessert and sweets are actually, it's only for the wealthy people. Yeah, of course. It's like the moment I came to America, I realized that it was I could just buy it at the grocery store and people are just buying it like whatever. And this is a luxury in my country. Right. And it's like and people don't realize it's like America has the ability to basically give you the freedom to make yourself whatever you want to. But people don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 
So that, 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 was a, that was the biggest thing for me is like you got to first understand and you know, be grateful for what you have and the opportunities that are, that are around you. You just have to have the right mindset. Right. And then the second thing I think that you mentioned is that in order for you to, um, man, you hit another, another point that I totally just had a blank about it. Um, ah. While you remember that, just yeah. so you know, in Bible times, you know what measured your wealth? In What's Bible that? times, how fat you were. <laughs> really? Sort of that. <laughs> In history books, put put it out of put it, in history books, your wealth was measured by your belly. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, man. Up until Chinese times, that was it. So oh my goodness! Not just Bible times. Really? In Bible times, that's how you measured your wealth. Oh your, my the, How big your belly was. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Huh? That's crazy, man. So I mean, another question for you. So, how do you manage a team of you know now you have a thousand agents for yeah. you like. Okay, actually, it goes back to my other thought. You know, some people, like, if someone, if everyone gave a, gave a dollar, right, to yeah. with socialism, the people, the rich would still be rich and the poor would still be 100%. poor. And I have, for example, I have a family member that basically, it's like, it doesn't matter how much money I give. Like, if I were to give her money, if I gave her $1,000 or even if I gave her $100,000 in her monthly allowance, like, it's going to... She's a spender. Yeah. So she's going to spend that amount of money because she makes her buying decisions based on how much yeah. money is in the bank account. Right. Like you said, if people get money through stimulus amounts or right. whatever, they don't know what to do with it. Right. They don't even know where to invest it. So right. I think that no one can ever take away your mindset. Right. And I think that, you know, if, if they take away your, your belongings, if they take away your car, your house, yeah. you don't yeah. live in, in Seven Oaks anymore. Yeah. You can I'll probably, you can get it back. I'll yeah, you don't live there within a, a couple of years. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Because you have now the skills, you have yeah. the mindset to do it. So I think that's super important. But going back to my question, how do you manage a, a team of, you know, a thousand agents? Because mm -hmm. I could just imagine like mindset is probably one of the biggest things you work on. But what, yeah. what, what are the things do you have to like, is it just the incentive plans that are in place as well? Or like, what's like, how do you do oh, manage bro, a team I that big? Not, I cannot do it without my leaders, bro. Mm. I could not do it. So I tell my guys all the time, like our team name is, is, is TCO, the chosen ones, mm. right? And so that's our, I, I, so I'm an equity owner of PHP. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a leader of PHP, a decision maker, and I'm an equity owner of PHP. Mm -hmm. So I legally own PHP, part of PHP. Nice. So, so um, not shares, like an actual equity owner, right? I'm awesome. a co-owner of PHP. So, so, it within PHP, so I actually have under my under my eye, I have twenty five thousand agents. Oh wow! But directly under my organization, I have a thousand. Gotcha. So I still oversee the other twenty five thousand. Mm. But but within the thousand um, that we have within TCO that are directly in my organization, because the rest are part of different teams in the company, mm -hmm. um, I have I built leaders. Mm. I found other leaders like me that had a vision, mm. and it's not easy. It is like finding a needle a needle in a haystack. Mm -hmm. But those are the leaders that helped me lead the organization and I could not do it without them. It's impossible. So, so it's like I tell my guys all the time, TCO does not belong to me. It belongs to all of us. Mm. And I think when, I think a lot of times, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, um, make the mistake of like, I like, so, so if you see my guys, bro, mm -hmm. I have guys that have TCO tattooed on them. Wow. Because TCO is independent for me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't want the brand to be me. Right. I want the brand to be wholesome. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Where everybody can fit into it. Mm -hmm. To where everybody feels like it's theirs. Right. So we have, like, I have, we have hats. People wear them all day, every day. We have, I'm telling you, they have tattoos. So, so it's part of, part of being able to run an organization with so many agents is having people that are so bought into it. Mm. 
that they're going to help you lead the organization mm -hmm. and because they have their teams within our team. Mm -hmm. So TCO is overall, but then there's teams within it, mm -hmm. but you have to build a leader to be able to build a team under them. Mm -hmm. Right. So then, um, so it's teaching leadership skills. Mm. It's not just, I don't just teach them how to sell. Mm. I teach them how to lead. Mm. And so, and so, and I, you know, I put them in a, we have leadership meetings. We have leadership Zooms. Because mm. um, I have them all over the country now. We're not, a lot of them are not local anymore. A lot of my leaders, I have roughly about my strongest, I have about 25 of my strongest leaders. Mm -hmm. And then I have like sub leaders under them, mm. right? But 25 of my strongest, when I have Zooms with them, I, I train them, I'm, all, I'm constantly talking to them, constantly pouring into them, challenging them, mm -hmm. you know, not letting them buy into their own bullshit because they're going to let the rest of the people buy into their bullshit. Right. So it's, it's creating leaders with the organization and then letting them know. I always ask them, who does TCO belong to? It belongs to me, right? Mm. Like I ask right. them. Right? Who does TCO belong to? It belongs to me. Right. Okay, so then love it like it's yours because it is yours because it gives to you. Mm -hmm. and, and it was fun, so funny. What I'm about to say right now is probably the stupidest thing in the world, but it's, I hope somebody can make sense of it. There's a movie called American Me. Okay. Right? And this is where Mundo, JD, and uh, Santana are in the cemetery and they're tattooing Santana, right? Okay. And he says, and he says, La primera. La, la primera uh, is us. Uh, no, la primera gives to us. It is us, mm. right? It's yeah. the gang, mm. and he's they're 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 making him understand it's not one person, right? Right? It, 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 and he specifically says it it, it gives to us. It mm. is us. Mm. So that's the way I've been able. And we run the number one team in the past four years in PHP. I have the number one organization in PHP. Nice. Number wise, like I'm not performance wise. Congrats! It's because I've always poured that into them. Mm. In the way Patrick does with us with PHP. Right. PHP is like PHP is yours. It's not mine. I'm just a founder, but it's yours, mm. right? And PHP. And so that comes from Patrick as well, but when people can feel like they are a part of that mm -hmm. and not just like a, uh, a tool being used, mm. they, they embrace it. Yep. And that's the only way you're going to be, because by the way, there's organizations within PHP that have 6,000 agents. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not there yet. I'm at a thousand right now, 6,000. I mean, how do you manage more leaders? Right. More getting them bought into the idea that the organization belongs to them because it does. Right. You know, your organization will not move without, without the people in it. A hundred percent. And so, um, and there's nothing like, like my first cycle, cycle in the team. When I say cycle, I want you to understand like sold out a hundred percent. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Was my first one was Nico Castillo. And he's my compadre now. And he's like, bro, we're going to take over the, and it was just us in the mm -hmm. office in 2016. I still remember. <laughs> and we're going to take over the world. And we would talk about it. We were yeah. so fired up and we didn't have shit. We were broke. We were, because I had left the oil fields. I had stopped them doing everything that I was. I went cold turkey, stopped the oil fields and stopped doing what I was doing. Wow. Cut everything off yeah. to start this. And those talks, bro, in the middle of the night, man, we're gonna do it. And we were nobodies. Like yeah. we, were, we were nobodies. So <laughs> I think that when you have when you have one solid, solid person that is willing to ride with you and you can recruit a couple more, mm -hmm. it's game over, bro. Yeah. It's freak. You don't need an army. You know, there's a I don't know if you saw on Instagram that the the, the the guy from The Godfather, he does all he comes on all the mobster movies. He says, You need two, three solid motherfuckers to take over a country. I don't know. Have you seen it? You <laughs> I, heard it? I saying, wanna send it yeah. to you. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. Where he's talking. Yeah. And he does podcasts now. Yeah. And he says, You need you need two two, three solid motherfuckers to take over a country. And I and a lot of people don't understand that. Like yeah. because because I have twenty five leaders, but my I have three of them mm. specifically that are they're, those are my go-to's. Like mm. when I need things done, those are I'm making three phone calls specifically 
who I'm going to. Yeah. And I, and I, understand, I don't think other people understand what he means by that. Like, how are three guys going to take over a country? No, because those guys are going to help you find guys like them. Mm. And eventually you have an army, but you always have those go-to guys. 100%. You know, and Pat's great at doing that, by the way. Yeah. Especially with Valuetainment, because he has value. Valuetainment is not PHP. Right. It's a whole separate entity. Mm-hmm. And his guys are diehard. Mm. He, they're we're diehard in PHP and we're diehard with with his with That's his crazy. because you you gotta sell him on the idea of where we're going. Mm. Like one day we're here, but like he's in a freaking vault, bro. He bought a fifteen million, two, two, bought two fifteen million dollar buildings. <laughs> he went from doing it in a little office, yeah, in in Dallas, and then I, I I'm part of Value Chainment, so I went over there a couple of times. He he bought two fifteen million dollar and out. You know, but the vision started like this. Yeah. I remember when that, when, when PBD podcast started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just this. It was yeah. small and it just, him and Mario, you know, and I was like, these are my boys. And I was like 50 employees like this. That's crazy. Because, of, because he's always been good about pouring that vision in, mm. you know, and Mario saw it and Mario has a value. I don't know. You heard, you heard him talk about Mario. I'm yeah, yeah. 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 He's my boy. I love that guy. He has a tattoo right here and he's, you know. It just, it, it, but when you, what helps you become a great leader is having a great leader. Yeah, hundred percent. You know. Yeah, I think that it's it almost like it's almost like for us, it's like the culture. Hundred percent culture. It's bro. like everybody is bought into the mission, the yeah. vision. Like we actually, we have a morning meeting and we go over our mission, vision, and values every morning because, I mean, that's the reason that we come to work today. Otherwise, 100%. it's like we're the paycheck is just a bystander. It's a byproduct. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're we're trying to basically fulfill a mission. And, and everyone's a contributor to, to make 100%. that happen. And I think that the biggest influence, though, in the whole team is usually the leadership team. Because a leadership team influences everybody else. But you got to be able to influence your leaders in order for them to influence, influence the, everybody else. Um, but, I mean, for you, you you actually have equity yeah. in PHP, which means you're an actual owner. Yeah, I'm an owner. Uh-huh. Of PHP. But that obviously is not give, you know, given to everybody. No. You had to earn no, it. No, you had to earn it through numbers. So, okay. Rockefeller Records did the same thing. You sold the Death Row Records and, uh, and uh, um, all those all those companies did the same thing. Mm. Yeah, you, but you have to have X. Ex- there's formulas to hit so you can become an equity owner of PHP. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you you hit certain numbers in order yeah. to, to give that. Okay. Performance. There's performance involved. Gotcha. Yeah. So how do you get people who are not actual equity owners, yeah. right, fit like you are, to actually buy into it? Well, because they can, if they hit the performance numbers, they can become equity owners. Ah. Equity is still open with PHP. Mm. So we still, there's still, we and it's very clear. We have posters on how to hit equity. Mm. We're very clear on the formulas on how to hit it. Right. I can't do the work for you. Mm. But if you want to become an equity owner of PHP, it's still, the newest equity owner, she's only, she hasn't even been with me eight months. Her name is Rosa Singh. She's in San Jose. And uh, she's, a, she's a mom. Mm. And she's with us now, and she's an equity owner of PHP now in eight months. Really? And I have people that have been with me for four years. They're not equity owners. She oh. hit the numbers. Actually, she hit the numbers in six months. Wow. You know, I have equity. I've been people with me that are equity owners of PHP now. Obviously, their 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 equity is smaller than mine because I've been here long and I've built up more. Right. So every year you hit certain numbers and then you get more 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 equity. Mm. So you don't like hit equity. You have equal as everybody else. That's uh, not how it works. Okay. There's levels to equity. Mm. So obviously I have one of the highest levels of equity, but she already has an equity. Mm. She has a piece of equity. Like yeah. legally she has legal equity of PHP. So when the company goes public, which eventually it will, because they're already looking at it to go public. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to get something for that. Nice. So, so she's been with me six. She's a newest equity owner in T in the TC organization mm-hmm. uh, that she's been able to get equity. And I have people that have been with me three, four years still don't get equity. Wow. So again, but she came in hungry. Yeah, she came in hungry, and I said, "You want?" And she—that's what she got sold out to. She's, I said, "Look, how many companies? You know that when Microsoft went public, ten thousand new millionaires were immediately made millionaires overnight." Really? So when Microsoft went public, 
It had 10,000 equity owners like mm. this. 10 people became millionaires overnight. I'm going to send you the link where it actually talks about how the real estate in, in uh, uh, the real estate uh, uh, boom in um, Silicon Valley. Yeah. So all those owners, they became millionaires and they all wanted houses yeah. and they didn't have enough houses for all of them. <laughs> and they were the, the Ferrari dealerships were empty. This was early nineties. Yeah. They were all empty. Right. Microsoft created 10,000 new millionaires like this overnight. So this has happened multiple times. Snapchat just became, uh, 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 went public not too long ago. Uh, Uber went public not too long ago. Matter, matter of fact, Gary, uh, Vaynerchuk didn't get, they offered him equity of Uber really? and he didn't take it. He talks oh, wow. about it on YouTube. Wow. He didn't, he, he didn't take it. Wow. He did not, he would have been, it would have added like another 150 million to his net worth. So a lot of companies, like this whole equity thing is not new. Right. Right. So it's just when the company's offering equity shit, you got to jump in there. Yeah. You know, you got to jump in that quick. So the PHP offers equity still. That's awesome. And I think you have to have the mindset to even want it because like, for example, I'm, I'm currently building a software. Right. Uh, that's going to be basically, I'm building it for my firm to help us basically improve our processes here. But I already know that when I introduce this to other accountants, it's going to blow up because I'm going to see how, I'm going to show them how powerful it is. Right. It's going to be a million dollar business for sure. And I, my, my software engineer who's building it, I'm like, hey, I'm going to build this software. I need your help. I have an opportunity for you. I, I don't mind paying. You, you, you tell me how much you want me to pay you to build this out for me. I'll pay you or we can be equity partners. Right. And you're going to, it's going to be pay off more. But again, instant gratification. He's like, no, I'll, I'll send you a bill. I'm like, all right, go send me the bill. It's like once you realize how much money you would have made. It's like, brother, it's that short-minded mindset, man. Yeah, it, I, I, that kills me. Yeah, you know, I, I have people all the time. Like, you know, I, I sold my Lamborghini not too long ago. Then I had a Rolls Royce. I have a Bentley right now, G wagon. I'm looking at a Urus Lamborghini Urus right now. And when I drive it up in those cars, bro, and I get off the car. What do you do? This and that. Oh man, you know. And I, and I, I, I recruit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a C. I, I recruit. I'm like, give me your number, bro. Mm -hmm. I give him a call. This oh, you know, oh, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Bro. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, bro, my car was worth more than your house, bro. You're hitting me up, asking me what I do. I'm giving you an opportunity to at least learn. Yeah. And to come to the office or jump on a Zoom is too much for you. <laughs> nah, bro. So people are infatuated with the idea of success. Yeah. They're not infatuated with the work behind success. Mm. That's what it comes. They're infatuated with the idea. Yeah. People like. Why do you think Hispanics love soap operas so much? The novelas. Uh, our grandmothers and our moms are living through women that they don't even know, bro. Right. That's the reality behind things. Yeah. That's just the reality. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. Why are they... Dude, in my grandma's house, when there's certain novelas go, get on, I, I got them off of them. She's <laughs> forbidden. My grandmother's forbidden to watch novelas when they're still alive. Yeah. She doesn't watch them anymore. Bro, we couldn't talk the whole hour her favorite novela was on. Mm. And I finally had to have a talk with her. I'm like, why is this? these people on the screen mm -hmm. that are not your family... More important, than, and not that not that they were right at all, right at all, yeah. But why for that hour? Why are the twenty four hours that you have? Do you give one hour to these people? Mm -hmm. And she finally snapped out of it. My grandma's like, not like she didn't care about it. My grandma's a gangster, but my grandma's, I love her. She's <laughs> a hardcore Mexicana, loves her grandkids and hardcore. You know, yeah, yeah. And during that hour, don't even talk, don't even breathe. <laughs> and I said, how? Because you're vicariously living through them. Yeah. That's what happens, bro. So people vicariously live through people on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it comes down to wanting to become successful, they're not really with it. Right. They don't, they, they, I think they know the sacrifices that come with it. They just don't want to put in the work for it. Right. You know, they, they, and then, and that's why it bothers me when all these socialists want, um, you know, oh, you know, the rich people and this and that. Like, I was talking to a guy that he says, uh, he says, uh, Amazon treats his workers like shit. 
right? I said, okay. Um, they need to have a, um, oh, all the, the money that, that Amazon produces needs to go to the workers instead of the owner. I said, okay. I said, I read his story. Do you know how much he invested in the company? Did you know the risk, risk he took? Do you know he lost all his hair? Did you know he went through a divorce building it? Do you know that he borrowed money? Did you know, like, do, did you know he paid for the licenses? Like, what did you pay for it, bro? Hmm. You just went in there and started putting shit in a box. <laughs> how vested are you? I said, but, okay, I'm with you. I agree with you. Then why don't all the workers stop bitching and just go start their own Amazon? Yeah. Why do you gotta <laughs> cry to a man? Does it make sense? Yeah. Don't cry to him. Leave. Go start your own shit. Yeah. Why? Oh, because now you have to find out how much the boxes are cost. Right. And then you realize the little machines that bring out the boxes so you can put the shit in there. Excuse my language. It's not that cheap. It's a $100,000 machine. And then you realize you need licenses. And then you realize you need a building. And then you realize you need distribution. So you just want some more of something that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Because if not, walk out. Right. Go next door. Entre todos. Take out your 401ks. Risk it all. Take out a more second mortgage on your house and go open up a building. What are you waiting for? Right. What are you waiting? Go do what he did. Yep. If he's such an evil human being, go do it. <laughs> and there's more of you. There was just one of him. Right. There's a thousand of you in the building. All of you guys take out your 401ks. Mm. All of you take out your savings. All of you take out a second mortgage on your house. Shit, there's a thousand of you. There's only one of him. <laughs> I'm sure a thousand uh, up against what? What he did? Hey, what he did in 10 years, you guys can do it in one. Because right. there's a thousand of you. Come on, guys. <laughs> But people want something they don't they haven't earned. Yeah. That's why I don't believe in socialism. Yeah. What his mind does not belong to you. Right. It's that simple. You didn't put in the blood, work, and sweat, and tears for it. Yep. You know, you didn't go, you didn't have anxiety attacks in the middle of the night wondering how you were gonna pay your bills. Right. You just showed up and you were gonna get a, a check every Friday. Yep. N with or without knowing how bad I was having it. Yep. You know, so I don't want to hear about it. You don't like it, go somewhere else. Yeah, it's almost like the entitlement mentality. It's entitlement. Yeah. That's socialism. Socialism is theft, bro. Right. Yeah. It's theft. It's just like some people just want everything handed to them. Yeah. And it's like, and they think that, oh, because I'm, uh, you know, a worker in this, you know, I should have rights. And I, I sh and I'm not saying that they no, shouldn't. No, they should 100%. Right. I'm a, that's not right. what I'm getting at. Right. But if you're going to go to a magnitude of bitching, go start <laughs> your own thing. Doesn't make sense. One thing is, hey, bro, let's, let's renegotiate. Hey, I'm game. Right. I'm game. I had that happen to one. I have six assistants. Right. Personal. What? Sit down. Let's talk. Right. Okay. Hey. That's fair. Yep. But, but, but with gratitude. Right. The conversation started with, I'm so thankful to be working here with you guys. You guys treat me well. It's a good environment. I don't have, a, you know, I don't work weekends. I, you know, there's a lot of things here and there. My sisters don't need to work on the weekends. My agents do. They, But they're independent contractors. They're also contractors, so they work whatever they want. I said, okay, so, what? you know, I'm just, you know, this and that. Okay, let's talk. Mm -hmm. What do you feel? Okay, tell us what you feel that you bring to the table that we may be missing. This all fair race. Let's go. Mm -hmm. No problem. That's a different way of approaching. Oh, 100%. But if you, if you get to a level of nagging, I'm going to fire your ass. Oh, yeah. Does it make like you're now you're nagging? Like you built that up. Yep. Does it make sense? Yeah. You really got entitled. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Like you know? I even had a team meeting once, I think last year, where I said, like, hey, everyone's hourly rate here is based on how much value, value. you're providing to the company. Like if your hourly rate is this much and then somebody else's is this much, it's because that's the value that they're contributing of to course. the organization. So instead of like bitching and complaining about, oh man, this guy's getting paid more. Why don't you increase your skill set, provide more value to the company? You won't even have to ask for a raise because it's naturally come to you. So you're like, dude, I don't want to lose you. I can't afford to lose you. Right. You, you have to be part of my team. 
Yeah, as a matter of fact, would you like some equity? Because you, right. you, I can't afford you to go somewhere, somewhere else. Right. But if you're someone that's providing very low skills, not a whole lot of value to the organization, hey, the door is right here. You're welcome to leave at any time you want. Yeah, of course. Of you, course. So it's like, again, it's a, it's, it's a two-way road, bro. Yeah. It's a two-way road. Yep. And, 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 and I like people that you can't preach for people to, um, to value themselves. And then when they come and tell you that they may bring a little bit more value than you can see, then nag at that. Right. As a boss. Does it make sense? Yeah, like you can't do that. 100%. Like you got to, okay, sh- yeah, no problem. So so show me. And sure enough, like, okay, hell yeah. And I, you even do it with joy. Yeah. And you, I actually apologized. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry that I didn't realize that. I said, I'm, we're growing and I, you know, I'm always on the move. I didn't, I didn't see that you were doing these extra things. Right. I'm sorry for, I'm, I'm thank you for sitting down with me and taking the time and giving me the opportunity to learn a little bit more of what your position is. Cause I don't do what they do. Right. And I, oh shit. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, man, I didn't, Hey, no. And I had to apologize mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? So that's a beautiful thing too, but it's yep. a great two way. It goes both ways. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. The, the way the approach was great yep and so my response was like i even felt like shit and that was not her intention it was just yeah. like dude oh man i didn't realize like you know yeah there's more value being brought than i was you know giving her and i'm like oh okay cool let's let's do it like i'm game like you even want to do it for sure yeah you know so um that's the part that a lot of people need to understand too whenever they're in entrepreneurship is also learning how to value the people that are you with you mm-hmm. you know because some people some like you know there's a Oh, people are indispensable. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. The skill sets and mindsets are not. Right. The people are, we're, you and me are indispensable. Right. Right? Somebody can replace you. Somebody oh, 100%. can replace me. Yep. But mindsets and skills are not. Mm-hmm. And so when people have really have that, we got to learn how to value that as an entrepreneur. Oh, sure. Because 100%. you can never build something without people that have that that good mentality of wanting to go the extra mile for you. Right. You know? That's that's the beautiful part behind it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that your team is basically who you who you become because yeah. I mean, they're they're your support support system. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, if you think about, you know, you know the cheerleaders that that are holding the person on top, it's like the foundation, right? Yep. It's a whole team. It's a layer. It's a layer, right? And so you got to have that yep. in order to have that that success. Absolutely. So it, it all it starts from, you know, they say it also starts from the top because you got to be able to motivate. Of course. But it's also the people in the bottom that are bringing 100%. everybody up. So. 100%. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is really a beautiful thing. It, it just it really is because it, it just it exposes your weaknesses. It exposes your strengths. It exposes yep. your leadership. It exposes your ability to negotiate. It exposes your, 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 it exposes your mindset when you're losing. Mm-hmm. It exposes how you are when you're winning. Right. It exposes your financial habits. It exposes how responsible and disciplined you are. Yep. Entrepreneurship will make you see versions of yourself that you've never seen. Yep. That nobody's ever brought out on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really crazy how that works. Shit. It causes people to get divorced. Like, yeah. you know, people, they say, uh, you know, when you see these, a lot of these people that get rich and they end up divorced. Mm. And they're always like, oh, the husband got cocky, this and that. That may be the case, but how do you know the wife wasn't growing? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you know the wife wasn't growing anymore? Mm-hmm. How do you know that he wanted to take over the world? And she's like, oh, stay home. It's five o'clock. Mm-hmm. We're entrepreneurs, bro. We don't have dinner at 5 o'clock. Yeah. We have dinner at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. You know? How do you know that's not what happened? Why are we so quick to blame the man? Right. You know? I'm not saying that the man's not that fault sometimes that he gets cocky or stupid or arrogant. Right. But half the time, I, and I will tell you firmly, because I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. See, if you've never built anybody, and you've never built six-figure earners, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you, but 
you don't know how people respond to success. All right. I've built multiple six-figure earners. Mm -hmm. My top guys are making forty, fifty thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. Right? I know I can see how people respond to it. Half the time, bro, it's the it's the it's it's the wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> Six o'clock, babe. Yeah. And you said it was date night. Yeah, but the appointment <laughs> ran late. Right? Right. Instead of saying, babe, don't trip, let's go tomorrow. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna have dinner for you for whenever it is that you get home because you write appointments because you're keeping us. I don't have to work because you provide. Right. Right. So half the time when there's a divorce that happens, because it happens a lot in entrepreneurship, it's not entrepreneurship that causes it. It's because it exposed so much of each individual mm -hmm. that one realized that is not my life part long partner. Right. That's just a, or it brings you together. Right. Me and my wife are stronger than we've ever been mm. because it exposed us to our core. And yep. we realized personality ways we're not similar, but mindset wise we are. Mm. So boom. So entrepreneurship will do one of two things in a relationship. It'll either glue you or 100% send you two different directions. 100%. That's the only thing it'll do. Yep. There is no middle ground. Yeah. And the ones that stay in the middle ground don't make it far. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are like, oh, you know, she gives in, he gives in a little bit. Those are the ones that stay mediocre. <laughs> Those are the ones that never hit seven figures. Right. They never hit it. Yep. They'll, 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 they'll make my, they might make three, four, five hundred thousand. Right. Maybe. They'll never hit seven <laughs> figures. Because they're still right there. Right. They're still a step away from being fully committed. Right. And, it, and when the other one wants to commit, the other one will pull them back. Right. Seen that happen a million times. Yep. I've recruited thousands of people and yep. I've seen it happen. I've had people quit after doing very good with me because, oh, you know, is that after making $20,000, $30,000 a month, they've quit on me. Mm. I'm like, how? You used to make five at your job. Mm -hmm. Oh, he just, the relationship problems. No, 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 no. You're just too scared to tell your spouse what it really is. Mm. That they suck at life and you don't. Mm. And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about both male and female. Yeah, I know males that suck at life, and I know women that suck at life. Mm -hmm. and you're just scared. You don't want to have a conversation. You don't want to go there. Right. So therefore, none of you will ever live your dreams. Yep. You just quit something that's going to making you six figures in six months instead of six figures in sixty years. Yep. Go your own way then. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I think your your spouse, it, it, they have to be your ride or die. Like they they got to support you. There's no middle ground because. You don't realize that in order to build a huge organization or a huge team, you got to go all in. Oh, 100%. And there's no looking back. So it's like it, either you're going to support me or you're not going to support me because yeah. I, I need all the support I can get because I'm going to, you know, there's going to be sharks in the water. There's going to be, I mean, everything that you can think of. So I, I need you to support me through yeah. this. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. But you, but you got to be, you got to be like, you know, yes. align with my vision. Otherwise it's not going to work out. No. And I think if you have a spouse that doesn't align with your vision, then you got to have that serious conversation and just be like, Hey, this is what I'm working towards. Either you just have to tell them straight up and just be honest and be like, Hey, I understand what's important to you, but this is what's important to me. And if we're going to make this work, then we both have to be aligned with this vision. And, you know, I respect you. I love you, but we, this is my, my vision. Are you yeah. on board? Yeah. And they have to make a decision just the way we made a decision to go on this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. So, I mean, I think that otherwise you're not going to have the, the, you know, the, you're not going to make it because when it gets tough, you know, you're just going to bait, you're just going to basically bail. I yeah. mean, what, what, what reason, who's going to motivate you? Like it goes back to your, your journey where when you were, when you were going to jail, yeah. 
It was your spouse who said, hey, things are going to be okay. Yeah. Things are going to. So it's the same thing through same in, thing. in entrepreneurship. Yeah. When things are going tough and things are going. They're going to check well. you. Yeah. That's, essentially, that's what it comes out to. Right. They check you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a checking. It's a chin check. It is. It really is. Like, that's what it comes out to. There's no other way around it. Yeah, it is. Like, you better snap out of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's kind of the way it goes. You know? Yeah. And it always goes, it's always one in the mood or the other one and not in the mood. Right. Where they, they, you chin check each other. For sure. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> they will always will respect. Right. You know? 100%. Always, of, you don't want to get disrespectful about it because some. Some people don't know, you know, some people don't know how to listen to messages, bro. Yeah. You know, I have, I, have a, I have one of my girls. I had to battle with her for a long time. She's one of my, she's one of my top girls right now. But yeah. Monday through Sunday, she, Saturday, she would kill it. Sunday, all of a sudden, she would go to church and heard a message about money and everything. And then Monday, she didn't want to do shit anymore. <laughs> I'm like, dude, shut up. You can't listen to nothing because you don't know how to, you don't know how to digest. Right. So some people don't know how to listen to this message. Mm. You know what we're saying right That's now. That's true. I've yeah. also learned that. Yeah. Some people don't know how to learn. So go, they're only going to run with it. I'm like, calm down. Did you pay? Did you pay the ten percent when you went to church on Sunday? Yeah, <laughs> I think your pastor loves money, doesn't he? Because they brought that little thing around. How many times when you were in church? Huh? Right. <laughs> what happens if you don't pay your ten percent? Right. When that thing, you get outcasted. Don't lie to me. Your church, your your. Come on, stop it. Your pastor loves more, more, more than he's admitting. Right. Uh, why did he drive in a Benz? Why did he drive in a Benz? You're in a in a Honda. Stop <laughs> it, you know. So no no disrespect to any of the pastors. I'm just you know having fun with that one. But the point is that. Um, yeah, it's important to have that right mindset, have the person with the right mindset around you. Yeah. Yeah. Majorly, bro. For sure. So, I mean, for someone that's already like basically, you know, made seven figures and beyond, like what, what is it that you're excited about? Like, you know, cause for me, you know, when I got to seven figures, I was like, all right, I asked myself like, what's next? And, you know, I just, you know, there's just so many opportunities around me. Right. So like, what are, what are the things you're excited about, you know, going forward, you know, into 2022, 2023 and beyond? Yeah. Right. Right now is obviously not material things because there's not, there's pretty much nothing I can't afford at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that I want, I can have it. Um, I think that right now, except an island, I want an island. I, 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 I want to <laughs> like buy a, I actually want to buy, I have it in my vision board. I want to nice. buy uh, the one that uh, Pablo Escobar owned in uh, the Bahamas. The one that they had the big old, Party and it ended up uh, cave. Uh, what's his name? Cave. It, it came out of the movie Blow. Uh, Carlos Leder bought it, and then it's still there and it's up for sale. Oh, remember. really? Uh, Norman's Cave. Norman's oh, okay. Cave in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. That's where they were land refuel and then go into the United States to to ah. the, from Colombia. It's Norman's Cave. It's beautiful. Norman's Cave. Um, but uh, right, right now, it's just building other people to become financially independent. Mm. You know, because we're we're going through a time right now where. Um, um, uh, working in Dolphins, one thing that I will tell you, brother, we have enough oil here to supply us in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay? We don't have a shortage. Mm -hmm. The government wants you depending on them. Right. That's what it comes down to. Okay? Yep. This gas prices is not because of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Okay? We were perfectly fine under Trump. And by the way, Trump warned us this was going to happen. Right. Okay? He warned us. Yeah. He warned us that we were going to pay $7, $8 a gallon when it was a $2 a gallon. Everything he told us was going to happen, happened. I'm not trying to get into politics, mm -hmm. but if you're too naive to understand that governments want you to, certain governments or certain presidents want to bring you down, right. then you're, you're never going to become successful. Because even the way you vote will determine how you're successful you are. Right. You just go show how naive you are and how stupid you are. I'm just sorry to say it, but it's just the way I yeah. Actually, I'm not sorry, but it is what it is. The point is this. Um, I want to become, I want people to become more financially independent mm -hmm. because um, we're going to have to deal with this dumbass president for the next three years. Mm -hmm. It's not over yet. Yep. And then um, the, he's going to continue to ruin. That's what Democrats do. Democrats ruin the country. And they do it on purpose so they can have more control over you. Because once, because they, they, they victims need a hero. Right. Victims need heroes. Right. Okay. Well, you're not a victim. You don't need a hero. Mm -hmm. Okay. So who's, what's the one side of the aisle 
And I'm not even talking about politics. I'm just talking about just, just facts. That's always telling you because your skin color, you can't make it. Mm. Because of where you live, you can't make it. Well, because somebody's oppressing you. Mm -hmm. there's, there's only one intention behind that. Okay? I'm a leader. When I see somebody that's growing up in the hood, I tell them, you're going to be okay. You can make it. You can do it. You don't have to be like them. But when somebody keeps telling you, oh, poor you. It's because you're black. It's because you're brown. It's because where you grew up. It's because you're oppressed. They don't have, they have one intention. And that's to psychologically, psychologically break you down. Mm. Because then what's the end of that sentence? But I'm going to save you. Right? <laughs> right? That's how Democrats do things. They've been doing. And if you don't do your homework, you just, that's just your fault. And you're just ignorant. Right. And that's just the reality. That's the way the, the Democrat Party has always done things. Right. Okay? And so, so, that's the political party that's with us right now. Mm -hmm. And gas prices is 100% intentional. Inflation is intentional. Stock market drop is intentional. You're taking the resources away from everybody. So when you take the... If America's gone, where's the other America? Mm. There is no other America. Okay? We're the right. beacon of freedom in the world. Okay? Mm -hmm. When you break people down psychologically so bad, they need you. Mm. This government... This political party, this government, this administration wants you to need them. Mm. Because the more you need them, the more they vote for you. Mm. Right? Right. Because you're the savior now. Right. Example, why do we have it all open borders? It's very simple. First, right now they started, they're very astute. In 2018, they started with 20, they started with vote asking for ID to vote is racist. <laughs> hold, hold, okay, hold on. So presenting my ID at a voter box is racist? Yeah, because certain people, blacks, and certain blacks can't get it. Also, you're telling me that, and see, some blacks, they don't get it. Bro, they're telling you you're stupid. <laughs> you don't get that? Right. They're telling you you're too stupid to get an ID. <laughs> so if you can't get an ID, can you ever buy a car? Can you ever build credit? Right. Can you ever own a house? So instead of telling them, we're going to help you get an ID for the people that live in the rural areas, right. they said, it's racist to ask for mm. ID. So they're trying to get rid of the laws to where you have to show your ID. Okay? Mm. Yep. And by the way, they're steps away. They're steps away from doing it. Mm. Not on a federal level, but on a state level. Mm. Certain states already did it. They let more immigrants come in. All the immigrants. It's open borders. You can see the videos, bro. Right. Right? Yep. And by the way, are these starving people? No, they're coming in with backpacks waving at the TV. At the, at the, at the, <laughs> okay? They're perfectly healthy and good. Right. These are not war uh, 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 slaves that came in from Africa. Right. These are, they have bellies, bro. You feel me going back to the Babel? These are well-fed people. Right. They come from countries that are, sure, they're not the best, but they're not, these people are coming in nice clothes and they just come in. Right. Okay. Where do you think they're busting them to right now? They're busting them to all the states that don't require ID for you to vote. Mm. So what happens? Hispanics and blacks are waking up to what the Democrat party really is. It's a, it's a devil party. So well, they need a new voting block. So if you let them in, and they know that Biden did it, they know that he's a Democrat, who are they going to vote for the next election? Mm. They need victims. Why is this one, Ricardo, what does it have to do with entrepreneurship? Bro, it has everything to do with it. Because if you don't realize that you are being manipulated, broken down to the bones, so that they can take care of you, you will always have to be taken care of. Right. You will always have to be pampered. Yep. So part of being an entrepreneur is knowing your politics. Yep. I, I study it for hours, bro. Mm -hmm. Hours, hours. My wife is almost sick of it. I wake up, and I don't, by the way, I don't watch uh, news. 
Like, if you think that the only way to get political news is CNN, Fox, or whatever, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Because people, hey, where'd you hear that from Fox? No, bro. You could actually watch Senate hearings. So on hearings in the Senate, when they go back and forth, you can watch the live hearings. They're public. Right. So you can hear the debates going back and forth. Yep. You don't have to watch CNN or Fox. I don't watch any of those. I watch Senate hearings where the congressmen are going back and forth with each other. Yep. And that's when you know who's manipulating who. Mm -hmm. But nobody watches that because it's boring because it's not Kim Kardashian. Right? <laughs> or it's not Johnny Depp. Right? So nobody watches that shit. Right. The point is this. That being an entrepreneur is understanding also that you have a you have a party that when they're in their power they want to break you down. Mm. They're already wanting to raise on capital gains. So if you own Bitcoin, stocks, whatever. So let me get this straight. You raise my gas. You don't have to because we're. I worked in the oil fields, bro. I know how much oil we have in America. I was supervisor with the, for companies like Chevron and Shell. I know how much oil your energy independent. Ukraine has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. Nothing. How come gas prices were not like this when Iraq and Afghanistan were at war? Right. We were, and we were at war. How are you going to tell me that a war that we're not a part of is costing us higher gas prices, but yet Iraq and Afghanistan, where we were actually supplying for the planes, the tanks, the Humvees, that that didn't raise our gas prices? Who do you think you're playing, bro? Yep. You feel me? Yep. Okay. What I'm getting at is this. They're raising your gas prices. They're raising the cost of goods. They're raising taxes. They're raising capital gains. They want to charge you taxes on un, un, un um, they want to have you pay taxes on unrealized gains. Meaning that even yep. just because it grows without you taking it out, they want you to pay taxes on it. <laughs> There's only one reason they want you to do that is because they want to take as much power from you as they can. Mm -hmm. And when you were a, you know, and I don't, and I mean this a very just in a very respectful way, when you're a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70000 dollars a year person, they're gonna take all your power away. Because you depend on that. Yep. You depend on your tax return. You like the hundred dollars in gas hurts you, mm -hmm. right? The the you know avocado going from a dollar to dollar fifty hurts you. Mm -hmm. The tomato going from two dollars to two thirty hurts you. But when you're making real money, none of that matters, and you just keep investing. Mm -hmm. Does that matter? You're like, I don't, I don't care, bro. My G wagon takes one hundred eighty dollars of gas. I don't care. My belly does takes one hundred sixty. My Denali out there takes, I think, almost two hundred. I don't care, mm. right? Not that I don't feel sympathetic for the people that do, but they can't control me. Mm. So then what do you happen? Hey, uh, rich people bad. So the same politicians, socialists, make the people, I'm not rich, but I'm not bad. Mm -hmm. They have to make you look evil. Because right. if they make you look evil, you'll never want to be that. Mm. So you're rich people bad, rich people bad, rich people bad, right? Right. Oh, shit, I don't want to be rich. So I'm broke, but I don't want to be rich because that's evil. Mm. So they always have you in a play where they can play. They can play with you. Mm. They always control you. They always control you. Right. And so right now to become an entrepreneur is crucial. It's almost. I don't want to. I don't want to use that 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 expression because it would be very exaggerated. But I'm going to use it. It's almost life or death right now mm. of your legacy, though. Right. Because if you don't do something, mm -hmm. and you could say, "But I have a job, dude." You have no idea how many people I have. People that are working with me, bro, that make six figures on the side. On top, I have a counselor, Gadi, and her husband. He's a veteran. She works as a counselor. They make six figures be on the side. You can do what you do and still make money on the side. Find ways to do it. Yep. I have two or three people that are making six figures with me on top of having full time jobs. The the CEO, the sergeant of Delano Prison. He's one of my one of my top guys. Make six. They're about to cross over six figures. They've only been with us for a few months. His wife is a social worker. They're about to cross cross over six figures with us on a part time. This is America. Mm. If you can't figure it out here, you can't figure it out anywhere. So anyway, going back to the main subject of why I just said all of that. If you don't understand that this administration and every Democrat administration that comes into play, 
is meant to break you down. So you keep voting for them because they're your heroes. You will be screwed for life. Mm. That's just what it comes down to. By the way, screw the Republicans too. I'm just talking about in general. Yep. This party in particular, there's a, there's a lesser of two evils. Mm. And this is the worst one of all. Mm. Historically. They're the, they're the ones who owned the slaves. Yeah. They supported Jim Crow. Really? Yeah, of course. A lot of people don't know that. No mm. Republican ever owned a slave. As a matter of fact, the only Republican that owned a slave married a Democrat. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. They're, they're, the slave, they're, they're the party of the KKK. Look up. You can look up right now, literally, what party supported the KKK. How, who funded it? It was the Democrats. Yeah. They've been racist. They've been the, the oppressors for always. Yeah. But then when it was no longer be cool, when LBJ became president in the 1950s after JFK was assassinated, it was no longer cool to be racist. So they had to switch it. Mm. And then they become your freers. So your oppressor said, no, 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 we love you. We love you. We got you. <laughs> poor you. Poor you. The other guys hate you. So they flipped the script. Mm. That's what ended up happening. But they're still the same oppressors they were back when they were slave owners. Mm. They just did it in a different way. They just changed the way they do the plantation. Mm. Same shit. What do, you think, what do you think projects are? You have projects not too far from here. Right. What do you think the projects are? They're plantations, bro. Except they don't work anymore. They just feed you to vote for them. Because mm. as long as you they keep you in power, you can keep doing all your shit. Right. Right, you can keep taking bribes and lobbies and money from all the big corporations. Yeah, because you're gonna they get it. They want rules, they want laws to help them. Mm -hmm. So if you stay in power, they fund your campaign, right? Right, and then you owe them favors. So now that you make laws to help them, right? But who puts you in power? A corporation doesn't put you in power. It's all these little pobrecitos that put you in power. Mm. So you gotta say, poor you, poor you, poor you, poor you. Oh, we're the good guys. You're you're brown, so you have it hard. You're black, so you have it hard. Mm. We're sorry, we got you. So they had to flip. They flipped the script in the 1950s when being racist was no longer cool. Globally, it was no longer being acceptable. Mm. In the 50s is when the hippies came in, and the world. That's when we had cameras and. Right? Mm -hmm. And news and world news where people are like, oh, America's racist? They had to flip the script. Mm. They had to flip the script because globally we were not looking good anymore. Right. So the Democrats had to flip the script. Oh, no, 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 no. What do you know? We love them. Mm. No, they love your vote. They don't love you. Yeah. Right? And that's how they've been able to stay in power for so long. Man. I, I love your, your, your mission, man, behind this, you know, trying to create these six-figure entrepreneurs because it is basically life or death for your legacy. 100%. And I could even, uh, you know, testify to this. Like, I remember I was making pretty good money working for the man, you know, pretty much six figures. And I remember, or almost six figures at the time, I was probably making sixty, seventy thousand dollars, um, dollars probably with bonus around eighty. But I remember going out to eat and they raised the, the Chinese food, I think, for, it was probably like $1.50 on my favorite meal. And I did the math and I was like, damn, that's a 12% a increase on on the meal and i was like shit i only got a three percent raise yep i was like yeah it's only a dollar fifty but inflation rose by way more than my raise than my raise i'm actually getting 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 paid less as time goes on yes, on the average on the average on the average so i was like i need to how can i break free from this and that's where i was like the only way to do it and have control is have on you know be an entrepreneur and that's the only way that i can actually have a a life or leave a legacy for my family. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to have that same entitled mentality as everybody else. Hey, I'm this pobrecito. Hey, I want, can you help me? As opposed to, hey, I'm going to be in control of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to be the one that creates my own destiny and have my own legacy. Right. And so we need to be able to create entrepreneurs that mm -hmm. are going to have that same skill set so that, that so they can do that for their family and not be controlled by this government that's, you know, unfortunately... It's intentional. It is. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I love, I love your mission, man. I think that that mission is just going to, you know, just continue to help you continue to grow in, in many more ways. But I think even more than that, when you see other people have success on your team, I think that's the biggest fulfillment oh, that you can have. Bro. Nothing makes me happier to see my guys make money. Yep. And, and then I always, how much you got in the savings? How much you got in your savings? That's my, I'm a big saver. Mm. Even though I own everything that I own and have everything that I have, bro, I'm a big saver. Mm. Because I want, I want to make sure we have money for, for, for investments, first of all, second right. of all, for a rainy day. Yep. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to have to go ask the government for anything. Because mm-hmm. once they, you ask them for one thing, they're going to have you by the balls for the rest of your life. Yep. You know, so the hell with that. We ain't doing that. <laughs> they, they did that already once in my life. I'm not doing it the second time. There we go. You got to learn your lesson eventually. It took me twice with the whole the other stuff, but <laughs> with this one, it took me one time. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. So, hey, Rick, if anybody wants to be, you know, wants to reach out to you, that, you know, you gave us your Instagram handle, which is Ricardo underscore T dot C dot O, which is for the chosen ones, Ricardo underscore T dot C dot O. So, Rick, thanks for being on the show, man. It's been a pleasure having you on, man. And I couldn't appreciate you more than, you know, being part of Believe in the Entrepreneur podcast. Man. My pleasure, bro. It's always my pleasure, man. It's a great, it was a great time with you guys. Great conversation. I hope everybody learned a little bit, uh, a little bit or a lot. I mean, take two or three things, run with those and you don't, don't try to, you know, wrap your head around the whole thing. Just don't take a leap of faith. Grab two or three things that really stood out for you. So, you know what, I'm going to apply these in my life. Maybe the people you hang out with, whatever the case may be. And then just make your, your life a little bit better a day. You know, 1% a day, eventually after 100 days, 100% better. So, you know, 100%. That's, yeah, that's it. A little bit of, little bit of type, baby steps. So you'll be there. For sure, so man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you, Rick.